Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show tonight to finish up our last month's presentation of Spooktober to chill our spines this afternoon, Miss Elsbeth Eric and Miss Mercedes McCambridge. You may not know this, but Miss Mercedes McCambridge was behind the microphone of the 1973 horror classic movie, The Exorcist. But please welcome Miss Elsbeth Eric and Miss Mercedes McCambridge in The Sandman Meets the Grim Reaper. In this first episode starring Miss Elsbeth Eric, which was my very first old-time radio experience, it is called Nightmare. In this, Miss Eric plays a woman named Helen who is trying to figure out who is trying to murder her through her dream, but she realizes that the murderer is closer then she thinks she finds out in her dream that her own husband wants to kill her but her husband is saying that is not true but unfortunately has murder in his heart and it is called nightmare and in the second episode starring miss mercedes cambridge It is called The Man with the Black Beard. In this, Miss Cambridge's character is going through a nightmare of her own as a man with a black beard is constantly following her. And later on in the episode follows her in real life. She and her husband try to find out who the man in the black beard is and why he keeps following his wife and him everywhere she and him go. But it's not until later on that the nightmare becomes a reality. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Elsbeth Eric and Miss Mercedes McCambridge in the Grim the Sandman meets the Grim Reaper. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. Don't make me... I say yes. It's got to be. And now and here, she's got to die. Betty. I say yes. Here. I'll hold her arm. All right, Betty, but... No, 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 don't. I don't want to die. Midnight. The witching hour when the night is darkest. Our fears the strongest. And our strength at its lowest ebb. Midnight, when the graves gape open and death strikes. How? You'll learn the answer in just a minute in Nightmare. of Mystery and Terror by Radio's Masters of the Macabre. Our story by Joseph Ruskall is one of the most terrifying and fantastic nightmares we've ever heard. Its title, 
Nightmare. almost 12 o'clock. Mm. I wish you'd let me get some sleep. Oh, thank heaven. Oh, it was... must have been just a dream. Oh, thank the Lord. Oh, Ernie, it was so real. I dreamed somebody was leaning over me just now with a pillow. Oh, it was horrible. They were trying to smother me to death. And Ernie. Yeah? It was you. What? Oh, 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 oh,
but it seemed to be telling me something, warning me. Strange and weird. You know how dreams are. First thing I remember is Provincetown and us looking at the art exhibition just the way we did last summer. Only now the picture was about ten feet tall and hanging crooked. And then she came along. Betty Daniels. Just the way she did then. Hello, Helen. And I introduced you the same as I did then. Only not exactly the same. Like in a dream. You know... Silly. Betty Daniels, this is my husband, Ernest. He is very faithful to me. How do you do? How do you do? We've never met. That's a marvelous Goya painting, Helen, don't you think? Or do you prefer hamburgers? Well, I... My wife prefers hamburgers, Miss Daniels. Oh. Oh, I didn't know. Only after a movie, though. Anyway, I'm sure I can't tell one painting from another. My husband's the art lover in the family, I guess. And I just tag along for the fish. Only I don't like fish. I like hamburgers. I know. You don't wear trousers like I do. You're fluffy. Betty and I met on the beach journey. She's a painter. Our rowboats got tangled. That's how we met. Yes, it was all very casual. I hardly remember. Well, well. Ernie and I are going back to New York today. Isn't that a shame? I wish you two wouldn't stare at each other so. Well, we better run along, Helen. Lots of packing to do. Ernie has got to get back to his silly old job. He's a reporter. A reporter? Shouldn't he write a book he never wrote? Well, imagine. That's what he always says. Well, goodbye. I'm wondering why I'm thinking of you now. Goodbye. Goodbye. sort of dissolve into each other like a kind of dream movie and I'm trembling with fright because I have a feeling I know how the plot's going to end the next thing I remember Ernie I'm in a penthouse apartment on Park Avenue everything zigzag even the butler and I'm the maid Helen there and what I'm doing is turning pages for Betty Daniels while she plays the piano for you Ernie isn't that crazy? Neither of you hardly notice me at all, and I keep trying to open my mouth uh, 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 like that, but it's stuck, and I'm absolutely frozen at what I overhear. Darling. Yes, Butch. Love our loveness. Out of this world. Ah, this is heaven. Ernie, do you ever call your wife Butch? Never. What gave you that idea? I hate the very sight of her. She's really a little ignoramus. You're telling me she prefers hamburgers. Ernie, do you think she suspects yet? Of course not. She thinks I'm at a gin rummy game. Darling, you're blind, but she's not. She knows. She knows? How? How'd she find out? You may go, Helen. Helen, do you hear me? Why don't you go? Answer me. Have you lost her tongue? Oh, well, there's murder in the air. How'd she find out, Betty? Tell me. Darling, do you suppose she doesn't know what happened last summer in Provincetown? After we all said goodbye, you came to look for your cigarette lighter. She knew you hadn't lost your lighter, that you'd come back to ask me for my New York telephone number. Uh, 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 she knew? Of course, intuition. She knows we've been having a secret affair ever since. Uh, 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 I can't go on like this. I'm tired of being just a gin rummy excuse. Ernie, if you love me, you'll do what I promised. But I pity her so. Don't be a fool. Isn't it her fault you never wrote that book you never wrote? It's true. She wouldn't let me give up my job. She's a millstone around my uh, neck. Uh, and get rid of her, Ernie. Get rid of her, and I'll bring your genius to the world. I've plenty of money, and you can, you can give up reporting and write that book. Fulfill your destiny. Fulfill my destiny. Oh, Betty, you'll help me. Yes. But only if you forget July 15th. You'll forget about July 15th. It won't mean a thing to you from now on. Not a thing. I promise. And you'll do away with her. The way I told you. Yes, like you told me. The pillow? The pillow. Uh, 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 Don't let her hear. Just look at her standing there at the piano. You've been spying on us, Helen, haven't you? Haven't you? Answer, have you lost your tongue? Oh, don't try to fool us. We know you're the real Helen and, and not the maid. She's heard everything we've said, Ernie. So we'll have to kill her now. Unless, unless she gives me a divorce. Will you give him a divorce? Answer or we'll finish you right now. Hey, well... Here's the pillow, Ernie. Right now. 
I'll hold her on. Answer, Helen. Don't make me do it. Answer, Helen. I pity you, but I hate you. Let her cry. Look at her. Stick and dumb. Her mouth's moving, but she's not saying anything. What are you trying to say? Helen, please don't make me do it. Will you give me a divorce? Tell me. Tell me. Ernie. Ernie, stop. Fools we are. Do you want her body found here? Lying for it. She's got to die. She's got to... No, no, not here. Not like this. There must be some other way. Later tonight, Ernie, after the movies. Hamburgers. She'll get hungry for hamburgers. She's bound to. The waiter will ask her how she wants them. That'll give you the clue. And then, when she's asleep... <laughs> and they'll find her in her bed. <laughs> the perfect crime. Don't you see, Ernie? Hamburgers. A frightened girl reliving a dream that was more terrible than any reality. A dream that could even become more terrible as the clock on the mantle takes on and the hands draw closer to 12 o'clock and... Murder at midnight. Now back to Murder at Midnight and Nightmare. Well, let's hear the rest of this dream of yours, Helen. What happened after that? Well, it was after that that it really got bad. It was so crazy, but so real. I don't know what stopped you, Ernie. Kept you from killing me then, but you didn't. And still, I knew you were going to. You dragged me out into the street and then into a movie and then out again. And I looked at you, and you were crying because you'd made up your mind to finish me off when we got home. You should have let me write that book, Helen. You should have. And I kept crying, I love you, Ernie. Don't kill me. Please don't kill me tonight. But I've got to. I've got to. I pity you, but I've got to. And you pulled me along through the streets again. I was terrified. And then I saw a policeman, and I cried to him, Officer! Yes? What is it, lady? Please save me. My husband here wants to kill me. Oh, wants to kill you, eh? <laughs> Why, that's a crime. <laughs> a felony. Oh, why are you joking? Don't joke about it. Do something, please. I'm frightened to death. Don't pay any attention to her, officer. She's dreaming. I'm not. Don't believe him. He wants to wait till I go to sleep tonight. And then as soon as I fall asleep... Oh, come gonna... now, lady. He wouldn't do it to you in your sleep. Why, you're cute. Not in her sleep now, would you, mister? Of course not, officer. Not in her sleep. As a matter of fact, we're stopping off first for a hamburger. She's hungry. No, 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 I'm not. I mean, I am, but I don't dare. I'm starving, but I don't dare. He's just waiting for me to order one, officer, to see what I'll say. And then he'll take me home and kill me. Oh, 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 oh. lady, stop. Sure, and you're breaking me hard. <laughs> Come along, dear. No, no, officer, please protect me. Don't let him take me. Come along, I say, darling. And then we were in the little lunchroom in our neighborhood, around the corner from our house, sitting on stools. The counterman came over to us. He winked at you, Ernie, and you winked back at him, and he said... Evening, folks. What do you have? You looked at me, but I shook my head. I shook my head, and the tears were streaming down my face. I tell you what, Joe, make it two hamburgers. <laughs> right. Rare, medium, or well? Medium, Joe. Make mine medium. Right. And the little lady? How do you have yours, Helen? How do you like yours? <laughs> Make hers medium, too. Two hamburgers. Medium. Two medium. Coming out. And what do you have on them, folks? Relish or onion? Relish. Make mine with relish, Joe. Right. And the little lady? Man's talking to you, Helen. How do you have yours? Answer him, I say. Answer him. This is it. How'll you have you? No, I won't tell him. If I do, you'll know. You'll know how to do it. So I won't tell him. I won't. The next thing I dreamt, we were home again. Sitting in the parlor. Everything exactly the same, Ernie. Just like tonight before we went to bed. But in my dream, I was sitting paralyzed. In a cold sweat. Waiting for the word. The word from you that meant my death. 
Butch, I guess we better hit the hay. What do you say? What do you say, darling? No, uh... Wait, I, uh... Ernie, did I tell that counterman how I wanted my hamburger served? Of course, dear. What did I say? I can't seem to remember. I forget to... Come along to bed. No, no, I don't want to go to bed yet. Please don't make me go to bed. I'm scared. Helen! (laughs) Come to bed, darling. Like a good little girl. Hmm? We went to bed. And then you said... And now, lights out, eh? I tried to think of everything I knew to keep awake. I wondered whether I ought to count to a hundred or whether counting would put me to sleep. I tried not to count, but I felt myself getting sleepier and sleepier. Asleep, honey? I heard, but I pretended not to. I fought to keep my eyes open. I knew I would die if I closed them. Asleep, Butch? I didn't answer. I couldn't if I wanted to. I was so scared. And then pretty soon I heard you stirring ever so quietly. And in a moment you were leaning over me. Oh, Ernie, I know it was just a dream, but it was so real. And there was hatred in your eyes and there was a pillow in your hand and I knew you were going to do it right then and I... Oh, 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 that's a beaut, that's a honey. Oh, my aching back. Darling, when you have a nightmare, you sure do it up golden brown and creepy. Wasn't it crazy? Oh, darling, wasn't it mad? Oh, 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 wait till I tell it around the office tomorrow. Oh, 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 this is too good, dear. But, Ernie, how does a person have a horrible dream like that? What does it mean? Oh, it's a cinch. I'll interpret it for you. And without a dream book, too. You will? Well, go on, then, Ernie. Tell me. Okay, then here it is. First of all, a dream always means the opposite, right? You ever hear that? Yes, I have. That's right, it does. Which means I must love you simply awful. Granted? (laughs) (laughs) Granted, silly. But goodness, what about the rest of it? Easiest thing in the world. Darling, where'd we go tonight? To a movie. What kind of a movie? It was a a murder story. Gee, that's right. Do you think that was... Now, don't interrupt, Butch. Who was starring in the movie? Betty Davis. Repeat the first name. Betty. And the villainous in the dream, my secret love, the girl we met last summer, was also Betty. Betty Daniels. Oh! Well, that gave you Betty on the brain when you went to sleep tonight and movies and murder and those hamburgers you did stop to eat after the show wrapped up the whole sequence. And no wonder, they're still lying on my stomach, too. (laughs) What was the pillow doing in it? Sweetness and light, what were you talking about early this evening? That chore you intend to get after someday? Oh, yes, I've got to stuff the pillows. They're caved in the way the feathers have come up. Right, that's your pillow you had on the brain, which uh, which brings me back to the hamburgers. Yes, I was going to ask you, I mean, that nonsense of how did I want my hamburgers, what did all that mean for heaven's sake? Precious, how did you order your hamburgers done tonight? Remember? No, I can't recall. Oh, of course you can. Think now. How do you almost always order your hamburgers? I'm smothered in onions. Oh, Ernie, of course. Smothered in onions. Smother, pillow, smother with a pillow. (laughs) Oh, my heaven sakes alive. Oh, my gosh. So that was it. (laughs) Oh, if that doesn't be... Ernie, that was wonderful. Really. The way you did that, figured that all out. I think you'd make a terrific detective. So I'm a police reporter. Close enough. (laughs) Darling... It's made me think, though, about maybe I have been a little bit selfish. What do you mean? Well, that book you always wanted to write. Maybe I ought to to let you give up your job and try. Oh, and have us both starve? Nuts. Anyway, in my sane moments, Helen, I've always known the truth. I'm no writer. If I had it in me, it would have come out of me, job or no job. I could go back to work again, you know. I could take up nursing again. It was pretty hard, no, but no, I... No, no, nonsense. I won't have it. I won't say any more about it, and that's fine. You're a swell guy, though, Butch. So offer to. Oh, there was one thing more, Ernie. Hmm? Yeah? What do you suppose that was... That was all that about July 15th, about your forgetting July 15th. What did that mean, do you know? Yeah. Don't you? Well, no, I can't. 
It does seem familiar, but I can't seem to... Where are you going? Get something out of my wallet. Wait a minute. What's the date of our anniversary, Ellen? Hmm? Uh, July 15th, of course. Tomorrow. What was that? Right. You've had that on the brain, too. Oh! Here. Little present for you, darling. Oh, what on earth? Tickets. Two railroad tickets to Montreal. Right again. We're taking an anniversary trip. I wanted to surprise you when you woke up, but... Well, anyway, happy anniversary, baby. Oh, Ernie, oh, you great big precious darling. How can I ever... You didn't forget. You always did before, but this time you didn't. Oh, Ernie, I just can't stand it. First that dream and then finding out that it did me just the opposite. No, 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 Helen, don't. It's don't. so sweet of you. I'm so thrilled. Montreal, where we had our honeymoon, and you haven't forgotten. Oh, Ernie, I, I do hope I've been a good wife to you. And if there's anything I ever... I mean, if you want me to, I can always change. Oh, darling, I wouldn't want you any different for the world. I want you to stay just the same sweet little girl I married. And now, let's get some shut-eye, huh? Lights out? All right. And I'm going to put the tickets right here under the pillow. And have a happy dream for a change. Ah, good night, Butch. You haven't kissed me? Good night, dear. again when death appears out of the darkness, wearing the face of one you know, and the clocks strike twelve for murder at midnight. The part of Helen was played by Elspeth Eric. Walter Vaughn was Ernie. With music by Charles Paul, Murder at Midnight was directed by Anton M. Leader.
first one is your mother. The second one is your brother. They're both sleeping soundly under them. And the third one... It's mine! Midnight, the witching hour when the night is darkest. Our fears the strongest. And our strength at its lowest ebb. Midnight, when the graves gape open and death strikes. How? You'll learn the answer in just a moment in The Man with the Black Beard. Charles, it means something. But when, when did you dream about it before? I don't know. It was 
a month ago. Oh. Oh, yes, that, that was when I got my new job. That makes sense. No. No, Charles, there's something else. I can't help feeling it. I can't help feeling that I'm going to die. Don't say that, I'm No, I feel it in my bones, Charles, I'm certain. I'm going to die. Soon. Corbett speaking. Oh, Mr. Corbett, I'm glad I got you to the hospital. I'm trying to beat you. Who? At Central Hospital. Oh, they must have the wrong Corbett. I, I don't know anyone there. Oh, they said it was about your wife. My what? What about her? Oh, well, she collapsed on the street, and uh, they brought her into the hospital. Okay, okay. I, I'm going right over. Yes, right here. Twice. 
Where is he? Because you think I've gone mad. Oh, my dearest, what a question. Well, maybe he won't show up today. Well, then I'll try again. Yes, and maybe then I can see him, and maybe you can't. Maybe it's just a...
Charles, this kicks up a lot of my mind. I know it only. Oh, Charles, do something. You just got to do something. I certainly did. He, he looked just as Evelyn described him. And he disappeared at the cemetery. Yes, Doctor, he did. Well, that isn't so mysterious. He might have gone off on a side road or something like that. But he didn't talk to her. Something like that. But he didn't talk to her. He just vanished into thin air. Mrs. Corbett, I want you to try to remember how many times you've dreamt about it. That's important. Yes. Three times. Are you sure? Well, I... I think I am. When was the last time someone close to you died? Died? About six years ago. Who was it? It was my brother. My only brother. Were you very fond of him? Yes. Did you have nightmares then? Oh, I... Yes, I think so. Did you dream about the man with the black beard then? I'm not sure. Think back. No, I, I, I can't remember. I have a feeling that I did. Only I can't be too certain. It will come to you. Maybe not now, maybe tomorrow, the day after. Let me know immediately when it does. I don't, I don't get this, Doctor. What has that got to do with the immediate problem? A great deal, Mr. Corbett. But the man with the beard is a real person. No, he isn't. He isn't a real person. What? But I think he's dead. Hunting for me. Of course, one way we can prove starts to get hold of him. Talk to him. Well, I'll take that job. I'll find him. And I do. He's going to do a lot of talking. Hello. Uh, Mr. Corbett? Yes? Oh, uh, this is the office calling. Uh, the police want you to uh, investigate a case. Yeah, yeah. The body of a Mr. Hampton was found in the river today. He was heavily insured, and they want you to go down uh, to the city ward. Now, to look at the body, as soon as possible. Okay, I'll, I'll go down right now. Goodbye. When was that body fished out of the river? Several hours ago. Uh-huh. Okay. Put the back. What do you think? Murder, suicide, or accident? I don't know yet. Hey! hey there he is! Here! The man with the black beard, he just walked out of the slab room. I didn't know that. Hey, 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 wait a minute. Oh, how did you know that? The guard 
died out at the cemetery told me. He described you and the lady perfectly. Oh, I've got it. Evelyn, just Better take her someplace quiet where she can. My place is just up the street there, a few doors. If it won't bother you too much, of course not. Show us.
Mercedes McCambridge and their performance on the show this afternoon. Join me tonight as I bring a bonus episode to your feed for our election day episode. Please welcome Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis with Hans Conrad. As Professor Kropopkin, John Brown as Al, Gloria Gordon as Mrs. O'Reilly, and Mr. Life Erickson as Richard Rylander III. And I'm also going to bring something to chill your spine also for election night. If you are listening in any state, in this country please go out and vote your voice matters I hope you guys have a great night and thanks once again guys <laughs>